I saw this morning the weather wasn't too clever. Amen. But you came to church. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So nice to have uh, Leo and Karen all the way from the United States of Newlands East. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you in First Peter 5, 8? First Peter 5, 8. The scripture says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, hey Antonio, how are you? Good, it's been long. <laughs> Bless you. Your adversary, the devil, moves around like a roaring lion. Or the ad your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I had the opportunity to watch uh, a movie recently. It's one of the latest movies. It's called Beast. And it's, I think it's Idris Elba, if, the, if I got his name correct. And what happens in that movie is that his family gets attacked by lions. So they have to do everything in their power to try and defend themselves from the lion. Now this lion is not your normal average lion. That's why the movie is called Beast. This lion is huge. Huge, huge, huge. Just by the mere sight. Sister Melissa, you, were, you watched it, huh? Just by the mere sight of that lion. I, I was there for a little while while you were watching. You could hear the sound effects in her voice. Woo! You know, like how you'll watch movies. Like, yay! Because the lion, ladies, I'm talking about the ladies now. Men, they just like look at the movie. They don't go, yay! The ladies, when you're watching a movie, the scene, the effects are all there. Amen. Why is he going there? Why is she doing that? You know? So I had the opportunity, and I mean, this lion was a beast, I tell you. Just the sight of the lion could have made you scared. So this lion went into the villages and the towns and started to kill people. And it wasn't common for a lion to do, to kill people. But this lion went and started to kill the people. So... This lion attacked his family, and he tried with everything in his power to try and defend his family. Guns weren't working. Uh, he did everything to try and help his family. Eventually, he had a fair fight with the lion. Hey, who's going to have a fair fight with a lion? So he took the lion to where the other lions were where the pack was, and you know with lions, if, you, if somebody from outside comes in the pack, they're very territorial animals, they will start attacking that lion as well. But he took the lion out in the field, and the lion was jumping on him, and he was punching the lion in the face and kicking the lion. None of his kicks and none of his punches were helping. The lion was tearing him and ripping him apart. Fortunately, the other lions saw the other lion in the, their territory. And those lions came now to attack and kill that lion that was killing him. But he, he survived it. But what am I trying to say? A lion is not an animal that you play around with. A lion is not an animal that you can walk in the same presence of. Am I talking to somebody? You can't walk in the presence of a lion. If a lion is outside there, everybody's screaming now, close the doors, lock the gates, take all the children in the one room. Why? There's a lion around. So automatically it instills what? Fear inside of you. 
Now the scripture says, be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy, the devil, moves around, moves around, walks around. I wish I had an image to show you. Maybe you can find it. Uh, uh, as a roaring lion. Not as a sheep. He's not moving around as a sheep. Meh, meh. You look at the sheep and you'll be like, I get out of my way. Have you seen this one? There's one video I watch on social media. I think where a goat was hitting this lady, this man chasing, chasing. But you're not normally scared of sheep. Yes, you're not scared of the lamb. But the lion, oh, you're afraid of. Now the Bible says your adversary, the devil, he moves around like a lion. He, he commands you to respect him. He commands you to fear him. He commands you once he roars, you know that you must retreat. You know that you must run away. So automatically the presence of the enemy in your life instills what I call fear. So whenever you find an individual or a brother or a sister in any area of their life, whether it's height, whether it's money, whether it's losing money, whether it's fear of divorce, whether it's fear of relationships, that fear that comes upon you, it's because there is an enemy present. Yes. Some of us fear that we will die at a young age if there's, a, there's the presence of the enemy in your life. He's moving around like a lion. Because you can't see him because he's invisible. Yes, he's invisible. The enemy that we are dealing with and the enemy that we are fighting on a daily basis is not an enemy that we can see with our eyes. Yes. Cohen was saying in his testimony that he was ducking from the, from the drug lords because of fear that something might happen to him. Somebody might take his life maybe. So the enemy instilled a fear inside of him. Fear, if you go back home, what are they going to say? How are they going to look at you? What are the words they're going to speak? So that fear came and says, take your life. That fear that, that comes upon you. But it's an invisible enemy, one that you can't see. One sometimes you can't even recognize. One you can't even identify. Yes. That's how the enemy works. Because if the enemy comes around like a boogeyman, I'm coming to give you fear. You'll be like, hey, get away from me. Don't come and, don't come and release fear here by me. But he releases it subtly in your life. Job said something. Job said, the thing I fear the most, that which I fear the most happened to me. So be careful what the enemy brings into your life as fears. Because those fears can eventually happen to you. Yes. Job said it like that. He said, the thing I fear the most, that thing happened to me. 
What was that he feared? He feared that one day all his wealth and everything would be taken away from him. And that very thing that he feared, what happened? It took place in his life. Yes, I was sharing the other day to the ladies and I was saying that most ladies are scared of cockroaches. Yes. We don't like cockroaches. Once you see a cockroach, yeah, especially the flying one, Sarah, hey, come in. But I'm telling you that cockroach will find you. It will come to you. It like leaves everybody else. Leaves Leo, leaves the children, comes directly to you. And you wonder, ah, why does cockroach is coming to me? Specifically, I'm the only one screaming cockroach. It's because you fear that cockroach. And that fear, so principle, I'm telling you. And that thing that you fear that happens to you. Yes. You think I'm lying? I'm telling you. It's the truth. What you fear happens to you. So be careful when the enemy comes into your life and creates fears. Yes. You see, one of the things that you must understand is like, you know, especially when it comes to sicknesses and diseases. Sometimes we look in our lives, maybe uh, somebody in our family had cancer. Breast cancer, for example, right? And you might feel a small lump in your, by your breast. It's not cancer. You just might feel something small. And automatically in your mind, because your mother's mother had cancer, because your granny had cancer, you fear that what you have as a small lump is cancer. So you walk around with the stress that I might have cancer. Before you went to the doctor and the doctor diagnosed you, you already told yourself that I have cancer. And that very thing you fear when you go to the doctor, he confirms that you have cancer. I hope somebody's listening to what I'm trying to say. Because the thing that you fear is likely to happen to you. Yes. Likely to happen to you. If you fear, I'm telling you, if you fear death, it's likely that you would have near encounters with death. Because you were threatening it to you. You see, because the enemy knows that God doesn't operate on fear. Yes. The Bible says that God says, I have not. I have not in Timothy given you a spirit of fear. But a spirit of love and a sound mind. So the moment fear comes. You absolutely know that this can never be God. This can never be the will of God for my life. Whenever you start to fear, whether it be your relationships, whether it be your marriages, whether it be life, whether it be money, whatever you fear that bad might happen to you, it will probably happen to you. I'm telling you, without, it's a principle or without you even trying it. It's like, for example, my father was in jail. Therefore, I'll be in jail. Yes. You fear because it happened to your father. They, they look at you and they say, you'll always be like your father. You'll always be like your daddy. So automatically, what happens? Fear comes upon you without you even knowing it's an invisible enemy. And the enemy used somebody maybe close to you to tell you like father, like son. 
And then what happened? That fear came upon your life. And eventually you find yourself in jail, or you find yourself on drugs, or you find yourself on alcohol. Ah, what happened? The fear that entered into your daddy, that fear was transmitted to you as well. Yes. You understand what I'm trying to say? So be careful what the enemy brings into your life as fears. Because if you fear it, it can happen to you. That's why God says in, in most of the scriptures in the Bible, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Why? Because fear opens a doorway for the enemy to come in. So the enemy looks, in order for Satan to operate legally, we're talking about, we're dealing with warfare these, how many days now? Ten days, we're gonna, I think we've got a couple more days left. In order for the enemy or for Satan to have legal function in your life, he needs a door. He needs a doorway because he can't function legally in your life without a door. So what he does, he creates fear. So what fear does, fear opens the door for him to have legal access to come and do what he wants to do. You see, if the fear is not there, he doesn't have legal access to do anything. So the sickness cannot come if you do not fear the sickness. The poverty will not come if you do not fear the poverty. The rejection will not come if you do not fear that rejection. But the only reason why you are attracting all these things is because there's an element of fear in your life and it has opened a door for the enemy to gain access to bring it to you. That's how he works. That's how he operates. So whenever a fear comes, immediately, God, you have not given me the spirit. I bind it, I rebuke it, I cast it out. It will not happen to me. It will not happen to my children. It will not happen to my family. My generation will not be afraid. Yes. My generation will not be afraid. I'm telling you, if you look in your life, some of us, the poverty that we experience, it's because of our parents had poverty. And when we saw their poverty, we thought to ourselves that we'll also be like our parents as well. Yes. Maybe you, you talk about the black sheep of the family. Maybe this one is the black sheep. Oh, it looks like I'm also the black sheep of the family. You feared it. It will come to you. You open the door. It will happen to you. So the enemy, the Bible says he moves around. You see, he, he's not a roaring lion. He moves like one. Because he's trying to imitate the lion of Judah, who is Jesus Christ. So he's trying to imitate him. So he's trying to make you think that he's a fearful somebody. You understand what I'm saying? But when the lion of Judah comes, no, he doesn't come with fear. He comes with authority. Hallelujah. He comes and lets you know who he is. Amen. He doesn't come to put fear in you, but he comes to release authority. So I'm not as scared of somebody that's like a lion. Amen. I'm not scared of somebody that is trying to roar 
But he doesn't have a roar. Because there is a lion that has a roar. And the Bible says he's a lion of the tribe of Judah. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. So when the real lion steps on the scene, <laughs> when the real lion shows up, or when the real lion says, hey, I'm here now, that little lion that was acting like a lion automatically he goes away. He goes in his corner, he shrivels up, and it, the snake that he is, he whirls up in a corner. Why? Because the lion has come. The king of the jungle. The king of the church, the, the king of the universe, the king of the world has showed up. So automatically he has to go. Why? Because the lion, just by the roar, without a bite, without a fight, he's saying, I'm here, you have to back off. Who watched the Lion King? When they just come and go, and the lions back away. Why? Because the lion is letting you know the kind of authority that he has. So we are not to be scared of the enemy. We are not to be afraid of Satan. Because you have the lion of Judah that is in your corner. You don't have somebody that is pretending to be a lion. Or acting like a lion. You have the real lion with you. Hallelujah. You don't have a teddy bear or a puppet with you. You have the real lion with you, amen. And when he roars, he comes and he does things with power, amen. So you must understand the presence of the enemy to deceive you like he's a lion, but he's not a lion, amen. I think my time is almost up. What's my time? And we just started church, amen. Okay, I've got five more minutes left. I've got five more. One more hour left. <laughs> You see, some people are saying, hey, my brioni at home and my, my food. <laughs> Amen. Look, at, look with me again in the book of uh, Revelations. The other thing that I want to share with you this, in these five minutes is that Satan is very charming. Yes. So we're talking about invisible enemies. So Satan comes into your life. As somebody that is very charming, ladies, you know what I'm talking about, yeah? Somebody is a sweet talker, got all the words. Me, when I look at Brandon, I think Brandon was a sweet talker in his time. I think he had all the throw-ups. <laughs> he was a charmer. You understand? He knew the right words. Hey, baby, how you doing, man? Are you fine? You know, he had all the words. So the enemy comes in your life as a charmer. But remember what I said in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, the scripture says that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. You must understand this simple spiritual principle is that even though Sister Zaini brought that fear, Sister Zaini opened herself to be used by the enemy to bring that fear. Or Sister Zaini opened herself to be used by the devil to come and charm me. You, you understand what I'm saying? So the enemy is in the business of charming us. And when he charms us, he charms us with good things. When he charms us, he charms us with the, the, the gold. He charms us with the diamonds. He, 
he charms us with everything that is pleasing to our eyes and is good for our appetites. The enemy would never ever come and charm you with something that you do not like. He'll always come and charm you with something that is attractive to you. That's why if a, a lady, now please, I'm not judging anybody, right? If a lady, uh, oh Lord, I don't know if I should say, okay, I'm going to say it, right? So if a lady maybe with her eyes like, you know, this side to north and south, like I mean, like, you know, and maybe uh, arms and uh, bums or big or, or whatever, for some men, that won't be charming. Oh, yes. Some men like their ladies with straight eyes. Some men don't like their ladies with big bums. Some men don't like their ladies with cruise hair. Some men like their ladies with straight hair. Some men like their lady fair. Some men like their lady chocolate. Oh, yes. Oh, you, act, you act holy in your seat. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Act holy in your seat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you see, some of us, so what the enemy does, the enemy, if you like milky, milky Lane, he's not going to come and give you a chocolate bar. Why? Because he knows that you don't feel for a chocolate bar. You feel for milky bar. You understand? So the way he's going to present it to you, he's going to cause a milky bar to come to you and charm you. But if chocolate bar came to charm you, you'd say, devil, a liar, get behind me. Satan, I rebuke you. Why? Because it's not nice for you. It's not appetizing for you. It's not attractive to your eyes. You understand? Oh, can I continue? Some men like women with nice toes. So the first thing they look, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, you don't like this. So the first thing a man does when he talks to you, he looks down at your feet. And if your feet got bunions and corns and, and he's like, my sister, I, God bless you so much. Amen. He looks for somebody else with nicer toes. Why? Because oh, you don't like your spots there. Because that's pleasing to him. It's something that he likes. He's not going to go to somebody with bunions because it's not something that he likes. He'll go to somebody with decent toes, decent feet, decent complexion. You understand what I'm saying? Some men don't. Can, can I continue? I'm trying to get my message across, right? Yes. Some men don't like small ladies. They like big ladies. Oh, yeah, someone said, yeah. <laughs> they like big ladies. A small lady does nothing to them. I watch some Nigerian movies. Nigerians, they say Nigerians like big mamas. That's what they call it, big mamas. So when you present a small mama, he's going to be like, no. It does nothing to him. But a big mama, he'll move towards. What am I trying to say to you? The enemy, the same thing that the enemy did with Eve was the same thing that the enemy will do in your life. He'll charm you with what you like. He'll charm you with what's desirable to you. For example, Kosa Lager might 
black label might not be that nice. But a Savannah or a Jack Daniels might be nice. You, somebody will present a lion to you and say, Bro, I've graduated from lion. I'm now a Jack Daniels. So you like, it won't tempt you so much. But the Jack Daniel, you tell, you even send a message to the fro, hey, I'll see you later. Why? Because Jack was present. Even as a peer, say, no, babe, I'm coming home, it's fine. Why? Because he knows what's your taste. He knows what you like. So when he comes to Eve in the book of Genesis, he had studied Eve, he had studied the woman so nicely. The Bible says that when Eve came in the scripture in Corinthians, it says he beguiled her. Another word for beguile is there, he charmed her. And he, the Bible says in Genesis that he says that the tree was attractive to her eyes. It wasn't just a normal tree or a normal fruit, but this fruit was attractive to her eyes. So what led her to the conversation was what was attractive to her eyes. What led her to go and touch the fruit was what was attractive to the eyes. Oh, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. It was attractive. That's why you went for it. And most of us, even Cohen, you can testify as well. The, the attractiveness of what the drug can do leads you to go and smoke more because of the way it makes you feel. Or that, that rush that it gives you. If it never make you feel the way you did, you wouldn't go for it. If alcohol never make you feel the way it makes you feel, you wouldn't go for it. But because it makes you feel some kind of way, because it gives you a rush in some sense, it's desirable for you. It's attractive to you and you go for it. I hope you're listening to what I'm saying. Now the scripture says the enemy... The Satan charmed Eve. He charmed her with a fruit. Your invisible enemy is charming you with a bottle. Your invisible enemy is charming you with a straw. Your invisible enemy is charming you with money. Your invisible enemy is charging you with a woman. Your invisible enemy is charming you, beguiling you, and that's going to lead to your destruction. So be careful what is attractive to your eyes. Be careful what makes you feel nice and feel good. Oh, yes. And you see, I know we don't like this kind of preaching because it, it speaks to our lives. You know, pastor, talk about theology, it's fine. But don't talk about things that talk about our practical living and our lives because it makes me feel, yeah, it makes me feel some kind of way. But the reason why the word of God comes to you is so that God can transform and break and make you live right with him. Because I can give you scriptures on why Eve was tempted, but it would make no sense, but I want to show you the practical part of how the enemy came and tempted her. Yes. Yes. Now the scripture says that this year, remember we were talking about the tempter. 
How many of us were here when I was talking about the tempter? How the enemy brings in your life somebody known as a tempter. Yes. A tempter. The person comes as a tempter. Tempt you. Be careful of those people that will tempt you. Run away from them. Block them. Delete them. Why? Because once the temptation gives birth, it gives birth to sin. And sin, once it fully has its grips on you, gives birth to death. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Can I read the scripture and then we'll close. Amen. And we'll continue tonight. Hallelujah. We'll continue tonight. <laughs> Why you came late? Why you came late? <laughs> Amen. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 3. So tonight I'll talk about deception. Amen. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 3. Amen. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent, the snake, the devil, Satan, beguiled, charmed Eve through his subtle, what? Subtility, this verse says. Subtility, meaning that he never charmer just like that. He's very subtle. Did God say you mustn't eat? Did God say you will die? Did God say that this will happen to you? So slowly, he worked his magic. That's how you charm somebody. You don't charm them once off. You charm them, you work your magic with them. Send them a message of a rose. Hey, babe's thinking about you. Hey, yeah, send. Hey, hey, babes, there's some daughter. Hey, babes, they were there. I bought you a chocolate. What you doing? You slowly romancing them. Yes. They say for a woman, they say for a woman, a woman doesn't just, I'm just talking straight, right? A woman doesn't just have sex. For a man, a man can have sex easily with anybody at any time, no matter the moment, no matter the occasion, because that's how a man is. A woman, you need to create the environment, you need to create the setting. You ne she needs a reason why to be intimate with you, right? You, morning, wake up, she needs a reason. So there's something called wooing a woman, charming a lady. So if you know in your mind that tonight you want to turn the lights, married people, please. If you're not married, block your ears, it's fine. You know tonight that you want to turn the lights down low, all right? So what you as a husband must do, you must make a breakfast, cook supper, take the children to school, do the dishes, fix that thing that she wanted you to fix for a very long time. What are you doing? You think it's nothing. You are wooing her. You are charming her for the occasion and that moment where you say, baby, let's turn the lights down low. And she's already, you have been so good to me. You have charmed me throughout the entire day. It would be easy. There's no such thing as no. <laughs> there won't be no in your house, amen. He, he's prophesying to you. There won't be a no in your house. Even for those that are going to get married. Why? Because 
If you just go, you were, you were fighting, you were arguing the whole day, screaming, and you say, baby, let's turn the lights down. Hello, hello. You weren't talking to me the whole day. You weren't like, now you just want to turn the lights down low. The, the married people would understand what I'm talking about, right? So what the man had to do, he has to charm you. He has to woo you so that you can fall into his trap. It's a trap. Don't think he's washing those dishes for nothing. <laughs> Don't think he's taking out the dirt for nothing. It's a setup. He's setting you up. You understand what I'm saying? So why? Why is he doing it? He's charming you subtly. Hey, but you look fine in that dress today. Hey, your hair is looking nice, man. Hey, baby, you're so pretty today. What did you do with your nails? Hey, your toes are looking like today. It's like some. There's an intention. There is a plan. There is an agenda. Yes. Amongst all your friends, you are the prettiest. There's an agenda. There's a plan. Suddenly, the scripture says, suddenly she, he came and he beguiled her. He charmed her. And eventually it led for this destruction. But the Bible says we must not be corrupt. Because we have Christ. So we must not be fooled. It was a Bella that was preaching. She said that we must not be uh, uh, fooled by the, the men's throw-ups and your charms. She said, never again will a man fool me. You understand? Why? Because now that you are in Christ... Now that you know God, your mind is now different. Is that you can see a false brother from a distance. You can see a false sister from a distance. Once she's walking, you already know. Devil, you a liar. I rebuke you. Don't let her come near me. You understand why? Because you have the mind of Christ now. Now Christ is living inside of you. The guys that you would fall for before, you are no longer falling for them anymore. The throw-ups you would fall for before, you are no longer falling for them anymore. Why? Because you are a woman of God. You are a man of God. You know who you are in Christ. You know your identity. No woman's going to come and take the anointing away from you. No man is going to come and take the grace that you are working hard for and some one moment take it away from you. I'm not a fool. I'm not Eve. I will not be beguiled. I will not be charmed. I will not be corrupt by the charmness of a woman, by the deceit of a woman. I'm stronger than that. I was, I'm going to close now. I was saying to the ladies, women can be used as blessings and as weapons. Yes. Powerful weapons you are. You just don't understand weapon of mass destruction. If you research in the scriptures and you go throughout the Bible for the downfall and the destruction of most men in the Bible, it came through a woman. Most, yeah, most. All. Is that all? Came through a woman. So the woman that was supposed to bless, to be a helper, to be a support, became a weapon for the man's downfall. So you have to decide, woman, I'm just throwing this as a freebie. You have to decide, Candace, whether you're going to be a weapon or whether you're going to be a support structure for your husband.
but make a decision within yourself that as for me as a wife, I'll be a support structure. I will not be a weapon. Yes. Weapon of mass destruction. Yes. Don't be a weapon. Your tongue, don't make your tongue a weapon. I'm preaching good, Sister Doris. <laughs> I'm preaching good. Yes. I'm preaching good. I know. I, 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 I sense the anointing even when I'm talking. Is that some of us use our, our tongues even. You, woman, you are powerful, I'm telling you. Your, your tongue can lift your man up or can bring him low. I don't know how powerful you are. There's a stronger woman. <laughs> Behind every successful man, there's a strong woman or something like that, right? But what, I'm, what we're trying to say is that you need to be that strength. I said, I was saying to somebody, we're living in Wormswood, right? Our community. And majority of the ladies, even in church, are colored. And colored ladies, we don't know what it's like to be daughters and be humble. Yes, we don't know what it's like to be humble. We know what it's like to scream. We know what it's like to shout. You know what it's like to attack. If he said something, hey, don't come and tell me. You, you understand? So I'm not saying all of you. Well, the ladies from JCMI, you all anointed. You all good ladies. You all respect. You all honor your men. You understand? But majority, I mean, a colored lady can take out a knife and poke you today. Yes. Yes, tramp on their toes. I remember, remember I told you the first, the, first, uh, the first year I was married. First year I was married, I was tempted. Probably a couple of months in the marriage. A girl from school, Brandon. Oh, everyone wanted her. I know I couldn't get her because I knew my level, you understand. But she won, everyone wanted her. When I'm married now, she contacts me, she wants me. Somebody that I wanted wants me. I was talking to her on the phone. One day she sent me a sexy number dress. You know, a red dress on WhatsApp. So I was on WhatsApp. Celine happened to walk past the couch. And I'm looking at this WhatsApp message. She grabs my phone. What's this? She checks the messages. How this girl? She, and you mess around with a colored woman. She came to me. What's this? She came in, I never, I, ne I never even expected, I didn't know it was coming, because I thought she was saved, Cohen, I thought she was born again, I didn't think the born again woman would eat me, <laughs> and she gave me one, <laughs> oh, I just looked, I was like, oh. I, I just walked away, I'm telling she whacked me. At least she was still, maybe she was still okay. Some woman will boil water and throw you. Some woman will take your clothes and cut your clothes up. <laughs> so some woman will do it. My sisters. <laughs> My sisters, what am I trying to say to you? 
is be humble, be loving, don't be used as a weapon against your, uh, listen to what I'm, your husband. I'm not worried about boyfriends and girlfriends. In church, we don't do boyfriends and girlfriends. We do husbands and wives. Hallelujah. Yes. So if you were a boyfriend, you must know that you are ready to marry him. If you're not ready to marry him, you know my story. Okay. Uh, we don't need to announce it. Amen. So look at, if you're dating somebody, say, are oh, you ready to marry me? If the person says, I'm not ready to marry you, say, why are we together? What are we going to be doing? Are we kissing? Are we touching? Are things coming down? Things coming off? What are we together for? Amen. I know we don't like this message, but it's fine. Let's stand to our feet, amen. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> oh, you'll never get it. I'm telling you, um, you go search all over, you'll never get a straight pastor like this. Yes. I tell you, yes. I always tell the ladies, keep your panties on. Yes. You know, when you hear the silence, you know, that, hey, people are like, hey, pastor, why, why, <laughs> why? But it's true. Keep those panties. Medea says, lock it down. Lock. Lock. Why? It will save your life, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And if you're ready to get married and you're in a relationship with somebody, we have something called courtship. We'll show you how to court the godly and Christian way. There was somebody that was caught in the godly and Christian way. Hey, they said, Pastor, this is too difficult. Because it meant they only had to be with that person in public. They couldn't be with that person privately. They said, this godly dating is difficult. I said, that's God's way. Because, oh, Leroy, you, you have promised godly dating? Yes, I, I, yeah, you can. And I said, only publicly, Leroy would take his friend when he's going to a date with her. Yes. Just give us a little rundown, Leroy, so that those that are dating can just know. Yeah, I know what used to happen. All right, I hardly used to see promise in a week. We stay four. So I'd see on a Sunday. My friend would come to church. I mean, that's what I mean, to come to church. You remember, I used to come with him. Then afterwards, we go together. If we go in, wherever we go in, if we're having lunch, he'll be there. You know, and then he was just there. Not to say, hey, third wheel or whatever. He had his own problems. His girlfriend had just left him. So he needed the company to talk. So I saw that as opportunity. Okay, you need someone to talk to. No one's around. Come talk to us, you know. And then wherever we went, he used to be there. <laughs> That's dating, huh? What, holding the candles, yes. Get somebody to hold your candles. Amen. Hold the candles. Hold the candles. And it saved you. It saved him. Holding the candles saved him. Holding the candles will save you as well. So I got somebody who said, Pastor, no, 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 I can't, I can't. I said, do it this way and you'll be safe, I'm telling you. Were you blessed this morning? Are you coming back tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, for those that need transport, see there's a taxi there, right? So you'll just go out this idea, and the taxi will drop you off at home, all right? So just make sure you get the taxi, okay? Let's lift up our hands for the grace of God. I'll be outside shaking your hand, amen. We meet tonight at 5 o'clock, okay? 5 p.m. we are meeting. We'll be back here.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore until we see each other tonight. In Jesus' name, God bless you so much. Amen. Hallelujah.